calls that we'd say, I'm here, I'm ready to go, I'm here to do whatever you desire for me to do. Let's take our Bibles tonight and go to Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. We're not going to stay here long tonight. We're going to go over to the book of Judges tonight, so find your place there as well, Judges chapter 6, but Hebrews 11 tonight. It's good to have the Cook family with us again tonight. Thank you all for being here tonight. It's good to have my mom with us today. It's always a scary proposition when my mom comes. I'm just, I'm just afraid she's going to talk to too many people, say too many things, and you know how that goes? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hebrews chapter number 11, because she has all the secrets, right? Yeah, <laughs> she said, Amen. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 32. I love the first phrase here. We spoke this morning, verse number 31, about Rahab. And we said that maybe some might ask the question, what is she doing here? With all of these other great patriarchs in Hebrews chapter 11, what's Rahab doing in the middle of all these? Well, she's there, the same reason the rest of them are there. She's there because of faith. That's what Hebrews chapter 11 is all about. But then we come to verse 32. He says, and what shall I more say? He says, do I, do I need to say anything else? And what shall I more say? Hebrews, haven't I said enough? Are you convinced about the matter of faith yet? Uh, are you convinced that Christ is better, that the substance is greater than the shadows? Are you convinced of that yet? He says, and what shall I more say? And notice, he says, for the time would fail me. Hey, he can cry all he wants because he called my wife a princess this morning. How sweet is that? And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me. For the time would fail me to tell. And then for one more verse, or part of a verse, he's going to mention several other names. And tonight I want to take one of those names and want us to go back to the book of Judges. It's the very first name. It's the man Gideon. He says, And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak. Some pronounce that Barak, but I have a hard time saying that. Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel and of the prophets. So let's take our Bibles tonight and go to Judges chapter number 6. The life of Gideon covers several chapters here, chapter 6, 7, and 8. And we'll cover a good bit of it tonight. It even carries a little bit, not Gideon himself, but family members into chapter 9, but I'm going to cover a good bit of this tonight, but we'll go quickly tonight. We're not going to delve deep into most of it. We're just going to read a lot of it tonight. Let me ask us before we get, get into the message tonight, why or why would Gideon be in Hebrews chapter 11? You say, well, because of faith. That's Hebrews chapter 11. Okay, but 
What specifically? How did he demonstrate and manifest his faith? When he took 300 men. Started with how many? Anybody remember? 32,000. And ended up with 300. Now, how many men did they have in the army of the Midianites? Anybody remember that? They're like grasshoppers. Anybody remember the number? He took 300 men against 135,000. Now we'll find that in chapter 8 tonight. But 135,000. Okay, so there's, we would say, that's that's the area of faith, and I, I don't disagree with that at all, but is there anything else? How about when the angel first came to him? What did he say? The angel called him what? Mighty man of valor. Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. And we look at we're like, what? Mighty man of valor? I mean, Gideon's hiding. He, he's hiding, threshing by the wine press. Look at chapter number 6. Let's begin in verse number 11. The Bible says in Judges chapter 6, verse number 11, And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash, the... Uh, Abbi Ezrite and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. The Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. So so what's Gideon saying? He's saying, look, I, I can't do this. Well, my family, we're, we're, we're from the, the least, the poor in Manasseh. I'm the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my present, and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. And Gideon went in and made ready a kid, and unleavened cakes of an ephah of flour, the flesh... He put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot and brought it out unto him under the oak and presented it. And the angel of God said unto him, Take the flesh and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And there rose up fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. And when Gideon perceived, That he was an angel of the Lord. Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God. Alas, O Lord God, because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not. Thou shalt not die. And Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. And to this day it is yet in Ophrah of the Abba Ezrites. 
It came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him. Now here, here we begin. He comes to him. He says, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it. Build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place, and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. And he did exactly that. The men wake up the next morning. They're like, what in the world? What, 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 what happened? What happened to the altar of Baal? Verse number 30, Then the men of the city said unto Joash, Bring out thy son that he may die, because he hath cast down the altar of Baal, and because he hath cut down the grove that was by it. And Joash said unto all that stood against him, No, this is, this is, this is amazing. He said, Will ye plead for Baal? Baal is supposed to be a god. Cannot Baal plead for himself? Will ye plead for Baal? Will ye save him? He that will plead for him, let him be put to death whilst it is yet morning. If he be a God, let him plead for himself. Because one hath cast down his altar. The rest of the chapter, will not read all of it, but Gideon lays out the fleece. He says in verse number 36, And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, Behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor, and if the dew be on the fleece only, and if it be dry upon all the earth, Beside, then shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said. And it was so, for he rose up early on the morrow and thrust the fleece together and wringed the dew out of the fleece a bowl full of water. Gideon said unto God, Let not thine heart be anger, or excuse me, let not thine anger be hot against me. And I will speak but this once. You ever been there? <laughs> God, you, 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 you did what I asked you to do. I put the fleece out and you did exactly what I asked, but I'm still not sure. I'm, not, I'm still not sure about this Midianite thing and I'm still not sure that you want me to be the leader and I'm still not sure that you're going to deliver the Midianites into my hand. And So he said, let not thine anger be hot against me. I'm thankful God is merciful, aren't you? I'm thankful that he's long-suffering. He says, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove I pray thee but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only upon the fleece. And upon all the ground let there be dew, and God did so that night. For it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. Chapter number 7, we'll come back and read a little bit of it in a moment. We know that Gideon, that God brings the army down from 32,000 to 300. They go outside of the camp of the Midianites. And they begin the battle, and we'll, we'll read a little bit of that in a moment. They have the, the lamp and the pitcher, and they break the pitcher and they shout the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. But I want us to look at chapter number 8 because this is where we're going to find our title tonight. It's one of my favorite phrases in all of the Bible. Judges chapter number 8 and verse number 1. And the men of Ephraim said unto him, Why hast thou served us thus, that thou callest us not when thou wentest to fight with the Midianites? Now, again, we've kind of missed a little bit of the context, but they're in the battle. They're chasing. They've already, the Midianites have already begun to kill each other after they break the pots, they see the lights, and they shout the sword of the Lord and of Gideon, and the Midianites begin to kill each other, and then the Israelites begin to chase the Midianites. And they come to Ephraim, and Ephraim said, Why, why have you treated us like this? Why have you served us thus that thou callest us not when thou wentest to fight with the Midianites? And they did chide with him sharply. And he said unto them, What have I done now in comparison of you? Is not the gleaning of the grapes of Ephraim better than the vintage of Abiezer? God hath delivered into your hands. 
the princes of Midian, Oreb and Zeb, and what was I able to do in comparison of you? Then their anger was abated toward him when he had said that. He kind of flattered them a little bit, didn't he? He kind of helped puffed them up a little bit. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll forgive you this time. But notice verse number 4. The Bible says, And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over. He and the 300 men that were with him. Notice this next phrase. Faint, yet pursuing them. And for the next few minutes, I want to preach to you on that subject. Faint, yet pursuing them. You ever feel faint in the Christian life? Physically? Spiritually? You ever had a time of ministry and boy you come to the end of it and just physically you're faint mentally emotionally you feel a little bit faint it, listen if you help with vbs and teen war if you help with that week you come to the end of that week you're a little bit faint are you You're a little bit tired you're a little bit weak physically mentally maybe emotionally the bible says here that gideon they they came to the jordan they're crossing over they're they're chasing they're in the battle they're faint but they're still pursuing. By the way, how did they do that? They did it by faith. You ever get faint being a mom and a dad? Boy, these kids wrinkle their necks today. You ever get faint? Every single one of us are going to have those days. How do you get through it? By faith. How do you keep pursuing? By faith. How do you keep doing it? Because God has promised. God had promised Gideon. He had promised him the victory. He had promised that he would deliver the Midianites into his hand. And so he comes to Jordan. They, they, they've been battling. They, they've been fighting the Midianites. They, they've been up all night. And the Bible says that they're faint. But they're still pursuing. Dear friend, tonight you might be faint. But it's no time to quit. You might be tired tonight, but it's no time to stop. Uh, you, you might be physically, or maybe you feel good tonight. If, if you do, great. But if you're faint tonight, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, whatever the case would be, you might be faint, but by faith, we keep pursuing. Whether it's in a family, as a mom or a dad tonight, whether it's a husband or wife, whether it's a, hey, you better not be faint if you're a master club teacher. It's getting ready to start. It's no time to be faint now. But you may be faint tonight, but it's no time to stop. It's time to keep pursuing. And so I want to look at that tonight. The Bible says there in verse 4, And Gideon came to Jordan. It wasn't by himself. The Bible says he passed over. He and the 300 men that were with him, faint, yet pursuing them. Who are the them? It's the enemy. It's the Midianites. They're pursuing them. And so for the next few minutes, I want to preach on that subject tonight. Father, teach us and help us tonight. I pray that you'd help an individual tonight, a believer tonight that might be a little bit faint, maybe physically. Maybe they've had a hard summer uh, at their job or maybe even here in the church, ministry, different areas of ministry this summer in the church. And just physically speaking, they're tired. Father, there's no time to quit. Maybe mentally... Maybe mentally tonight there's someone who's just exhausted. Maybe they've had a lot of things on their mind. Maybe a lot of things at work. Maybe a lot of things at home. And just mentally they've been burdened down with the weight of work and maybe the weight of ministry, whatever the case. 
Father, I pray that tonight you'd help us to see that by faith we can keep going, we can keep pursuing. Not only can we, we should and we must. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd remind us of that tonight. Encourage our hearts tonight. Stir our hearts to greater battle, to greater ministry as we get ready to enter the latter part of the year and enter enter the the fall season and as school begins to start back and many different things happening here at the church in the next five months before the year is over. Father, you might be faint, but we need to keep pursuing. There are lost souls who need to be saved. There's an enemy who has to be battled every day. So we might be faint, but we need to keep pursuing. And Father, by faith, not in the flesh. In the flesh, we're going to fail miserably. We're going to crash and burn. And Father, I pray that by faith, we'll keep pursuing. Teach us that tonight. Remind us of it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Let me give you number one tonight. If you're taking notes, even if you're not, I pray that you'll take mental notes tonight. Number one tonight, I want us to see the reasons for their faintness. The reasons for their faintness. I want to give you two reasons tonight for their faintness. We could probably give more tonight, but let me give you two reasons for their faintness. Number one, the energy exerted during the battle and the excuses endured from the brethren. Number one tonight, the energy exerted during the battle and then secondly, the excuses endured from the brethren. Go back to chapter number seven if you would. And let's just begin in verse number 1. This isn't the battle, but this is where the soldiers are. This is the preparation for the battle. Verse number 1, Then Jeroboam, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him, rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Notice this. This is why he gives them the reason why. Lest Israel vaunt themselves against me. Now, Now let me ask you this. 32,000 against 135,000? But God knew that even with that, 32,000 against 135,000, that they would still be prideful in their hearts when God gave them the victory. And God said to Gideon, look, too many. 32,000, too many to go against 135,000. He said, because if you take 32,000... He said, they're going to vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. Now therefore go to, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned to the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down into the, excuse me, under the water, and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of the whomsoever I say unto thee, This shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people under the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thine hand. Let all the other people go, every man, into his place. <laughs> 300, Lord, 135,000. So the people took victuals in their hand and their trumpets and he sent all the rest of Israel, every man into his tent and retained those 300 men and the host of Midian was beneath him in the valley. 
And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. But if thou fear to go down, go thou with Fura, thy servant, down to the host. And thou shalt hear what they say, and afterward shall thy hands be strengthened to go down into the host. Then went he down with Fura, his servant, unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host. Boy, here we go again. God is being long-suffering with Gideon, isn't he? God is, God is proving himself to Gideon. Hey, Gideon, if you're still a little bit fearful... Gideon, if you still need proof, take, take one of the men and go and I'll show you. And the Bible says he takes Fura. Praise God for men like Fura. Men that will go with you. And the Bible says in verse number 11, And thou shalt hear what they say, verse 12, And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude. And their camels were without number, and as the sand by the seaside for multitude. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian, and came into a tent and smote it that it fell and overturned it, that the tent lay along. And his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, for into his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the host. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream, and the interpretation thereof that he worshipped and returned into the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. The Bible says he divided the 300 men into three companies. You know the story. You've heard the story. And he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. And he said unto them, Look on me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. When I blow with a trumpet, I and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of all the camp, and say, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came into the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch, and they had but newly set the watch, and they blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow with all. And they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. They stood every man in his place round about the camp and all the hosts ran and cried and fled. And the three hundred blew the trumpets and the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow. Even throughout all the hosts and the hosts fled to Beth Shittah in Zerath and to the border of Abel Mahola and Tabeth. And the men of Israel gathered themselves together out of, gather out of Naphtali and out of Asher and out of all Manasseh and pursued after the Midianites. And Gideon sent messengers throughout all Mount Ephraim saying, Come down against the Midianites and take before them the waters unto Bethbara and Jordan. Then all the men of Ephraim gathered themselves together and took the waters unto Bethbara and Jordan. They took two princes of the Midianites, Oreb and Zeb. And they slew Oreb upon the rock Oreb and Zeb. They slew at the winepress of Zeb and pursued Midian and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon on the other side, Jordan. Number one, the reasons for their faintness. First of all, the energy exerted during the battle. The energy exerted during the battle. It is estimated that they pursued the Midianites for 60 miles on foot. The energy exerted during the battle. You get faint. So how do you keep going? By faith. By the way, let me say this. When it seems like you're the only one exerting energy and nobody else is, you keep going by faith. Because you're not responsible for them. You're responsible for yourself. Well, I'm doing all this and nobody else is doing it. Nobody's helping. So I'm just going to stop. That's not the answer. 
The answer is to keep pursuing. By the way, did you notice? He sent out messengers in verse number 24. The Bible says throughout all Mount Ephraim. And he said, come down against the Midianites. Now, in chapter number 8, what did they say? In chapter number 8, And the men of Ephraim said unto him, Why hast thou served us thus, that thou callest us not, when, excuse me, when thou wentest to fight with the Midianites? I did! That's why you have Orb and Zeb. You took them, not us. You, you met them at the waters of Beth Bear and Jordan. You, you caught them, not us. So not only the energy exerted, but the excuses endured. The energy exerted during the battle, but number two, the excuses endured by the brethren. The reasons for faintness. Now there are many other reasons to get faint, but we find these two in our story and in the passages. The energy exerted during the battle. If you're raising a family, you're going to exert energy. If you're working a job, you're going to exert energy. If you're ministering, by the way, with right motives and with a good heart, you're going to exert energy. And you're going to get faint. The reasons for faintness, the energy exerted during the battle, the excuses endured from the brethren. Don't you get tired of hearing excuses from the brethren sometimes? Well, I can't do this because of this. I can't do this because of this. I can't do this because of this. Hey, how about we just sacrifice sometimes and go do what God has called us to do? Because sometimes it requires sacrifice. It requires sacrifice for them. And I love it. Look, you don't have to be some super Christian either. Gideon wasn't. Gideon's faith was weak just like ours is sometimes. Gideon over and over like, I don't know about this, Lord. I, I, I'm, I'm of the poor of Manasseh. I'm the least in our family. Lord, here's, here's a fleece. Lord, thank you for answering that. But hey, Lord, don't get angry. Don't, don't let your anger be hot against me. Here's another fleece. Okay, Gideon, if you're, if you're still not sure and if there's a little bit of fear, here, go down to the camp of the Midianites and I'll let you hear a story that will strengthen you even more. I'm thankful God does, for that, us, excuse me, does that for us as well. The energy exerted during the battle, the excuses endured from the brethren. Look there, at, excuse me, chapter number 8. Look at verse number 5 wasn't just the men of Ephraim. In verse 5 he said, And he said unto the men of Succoth, Give, I pray you, loaves of bread unto the people that follow me, for they be faint, and I am pursuing after Zeba and Zalmunna, kings of Midian. And the princes of Succoth said, Are the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna now in thine hand, that we should give bread unto thine army? Gideon said, Therefore when the Lord hath delivered Zeba and Zalmunna into mine hand, then I will tear your flesh with the thorns of the wilderness and with briars. Well, they're a bunch of smart alecks, aren't they? Why, why should we give you bread? You haven't caught anyone yet. Verse 8, And he went up thence to Penuel and spake unto them likewise. And the men of Penuel answered him as the men of Succoth had answered him. And he spake also unto the men of Penuel, saying, When I come again in peace, I will break down this tower the reasons for their faintness, the energy exerted during the battle, the excuses endured from the brethren. Although, let me say this tonight. Don't let your excuses be what causes another Christian to quit or to be faint. If another Christian needs help, then help. Gideon and these 300 men are fighting. They're chasing the Midianites. And they come to Succoth and say, Hey, we're, we're battling. We're chasing. We're faint. Give us some food. 
Can we have some food? Can you give us some bread? The men of Succoth, you haven't caught anyone yet. Zeba and Zalmunna, they're not in your hands yet. You catch them, then we'll give you some bread. The excuses from the brethren. Let me give you number two, the reasons for the faintness. But number two, the resolve of their fight. The reasons for their faintness, but number two, the resolve of their fight. Again, Judges chapter 8 and verse number 4 said, He and the 300 men that were with him faint, yet pursuing them. What, 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 what was it that kept Gideon and these 300 men going? Can I, get, can I give you two things here? They were resolved, first of all, look at chapter number 6 with me if you would. They were resolved, first of all, because of the purpose of the pursuit. Because of the purpose of the pursuit. Faint, yet pursuing them. They were resolved because of the purpose of the pursuit. Hey, mom and dad, why do you get up every morning and go to work and take care of kids and train kids and discipline kids and then bring them to church on Wednesday night, bring them to church on Sunday morning, bring them to church on Sunday night, read the Bible with them during the week, pray with them during the week. Why do you do that? Because I know that you're faint. I know that you get tired. I know that you go to work during the day and then you come home and you get dinner ready and you have kids that you got to take care of. you got to help them with their homework. you got to give them baths and get them ready for the next day. And then you take time and you read the Bible with them and you pray with them and you get them into bed and you're tired. Why do you do that? Because of the purpose of the pursuit. Because there's purpose. Would you look at what it says in verse number 14? Judges chapter number 6. Verse number 14, the Bible says, The Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? What was the purpose of the pursuit? He was to save Israel from the Midianites. Look, the Midianites would come down. We didn't read that part, but they would come down during the harvest season. And they would steal all their crops. They would come down. That's By the way, that's why Gideon is threshing by the wine press. They would come down and steal everything that they have. The Bible says they would come down with their camels. They'd come down with their animals. They'd steal everything that Israel had, had planted and had grown. They'd steal all of their crops. They were under oppression from the Midianites. And God said, look, you're going to be the one to deliver Israel. That was the purpose of his pursuit. And so by faith, pastor, how do you know it was by faith? Because Hebrews 11 tells us that. Hebrews 11 and verse number 32, and what more can I say? And what can I say more? Mentions Gideon. He's there because of his faith. Why did he keep going in Judges chapter 8 verse number 4, faint yet pursuing? Why did he keep going? He did it by faith. How did he keep going? By faith. He had faith in the purpose of the pursuit. Maranatha Baptist Church tonight, God has given us a purpose. God has given us a commission. God has given us a stewardship in many different areas. He's given us the stewardship of a church. He's given us the stewardship of a family. He's given us the stewardship of a marriage. He's given us stewardship of Sunday school classes. He's given us stewardship of master club classes. He's given us a stewardship of van ministry. He's given stewardship of, of, of missionaries. He's given stewardship of this and this and this and many different ministries. And by faith, we are to pursue that. Resolved. Because of the purpose of his pursuit. The purpose was to save and deliver Israel, to, excuse me, to liberate his land from the oppression of the Midianites. And the Christian life is filled with purposeful pursuits. 
I'm tired. I understand. But by faith we keep pursuing. I don't know if I can take this anymore. I don't know if I can take this job anymore. I don't know if I can take this ministry at the church anymore. By faith, we may be faint, but we keep pursuing. They were resolved because of the purpose of the pursuit. Secondly, they were resolved because of the promise of His presence. Would you look at chapter 6, verse number 12? The Bible says, The angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, Just five words. The Lord is with thee. The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. The Lord is with thee. The promise of His presence. The Lord is with thee. Look a little bit further down, verse 16. Chapter 6 and verse 16, The Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Surely I will be with thee. Look at chapter 7 and verse number 7. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thine hand. And Lord, excuse me, let all the other people go, every man unto his place. Gideon, by these three hundred men, I've promised you the victory. The resolve of their fight. They were resolved because of the purpose of his pursuit. Dear friend, tonight, you might be tired, you might be faint, but never forget the purpose of the pursuit. Never forget what God has called you to do. Never forget that God has called us to be good stewards and, and that stewards are to be found what? Faithful. Doesn't matter what the area of stewardship is, we are to be found faithful. Faint, maybe. Faithful, absolutely. Faint, yet pursuing them. Number one, the reasons for their faintness. Number two, the resolve of their fight. The resolve of their fight. Number three, the reward for their faith. The reward for their faith. Look at chapter number 8. Verse number 10. We read down to verse 9, verse number 10. The reward for their faith. We could say faithfulness as well. The reward for their faith. But by the way, they're being faithful because of their faith. God told Gideon, you're going to be the one to deliver Israel from the Midianites. I'm going to be with thee. You, Joshua, or excuse me, Judges 7 and verse 7, with these 300 men, Gideon, with these 300 men, you're going to deliver Israel from the Midianites. Chapter 8 and verse number 10. The Bible says, Now Zeba and Zalmunna were in Karkor, and their host with them about 15,000 men. Now, by the way, there's probably been about 20 names that I have butchered tonight, so please forgive me, okay? Now, Zeb and Zalmunna were in Karkor, and their host with them about 15,000. Here in verse 10, we, we find the number of the Midianites. About 15,000 men, all that were left of all the host of the children of the east. For there fell and 120,000 men that drew sword. There's 15,000 left. There's 120,000 that have already fell. What does that make? It's 135,000. Verse 11. And Gideon went up by the way of them that dwelt in tents on the east of Nobah and Jogbeha and smote the host, for the host was secure. And when Zeban and Zalmunna fled, he pursued after them and took the two kings of Midian, Zeban and Zalmunna, and discomfited all the host. And Gideon, the son of Joash, returned from the battle before the sun was up and called a young man of the, excuse me, a young man of the men of Succoth and inquired of him. And he described unto him the princes of Succoth. 
and the elders thereof, even threescore and seventeen men. And he came unto the men of Succoth and said, Behold, Zeba and Zalmunna, with whom ye did upbraid me, saying, Are the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna now in thine hand, that we should give bread unto thy men that are weary? <laughs> I've got him, And I'm back. That's what Gideon is saying. The Bible says in verse 16, And he took the elders of the city, and thorns of the wilderness and briars, and with them he taught the men of Succoth. And he beat down the tower of Penuel and slew the men of the city. Then said he unto Zeba and Zalmunna, What manner of men were they whom you slew at Tabor? And they answered, As thou art, so were they. Each one resembled the children of a king. And he said, They were my brethren, even the sons of my mother. As the Lord liveth, if ye had saved them alive, I would not slay you. And he said unto Jether, his firstborn, up and slay them. But the youth drew not his sword, for he feared, because he was yet a youth. And Zeban Zalmunna said, Rise thou and fall upon us, for as the man is, so is his strength. And Gideon arose and slew Zeban Zalmunna, and took away the ornaments that were on their camels' necks. Then the men of Israel said unto Gideon, Rule thou over us, both thou and thy son, and thy son's sons also, for thou hast delivered us from the hand of Midian. Gideon said unto them, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. Drop down, if you would. To verse number 28. Thus was Midian subdued before the children of Israel so that they lifted up their heads no more. And the country was in quietness 40 years in the days of Gideon. Number one, the reasons for their faintness. Number two, the resolve of their fight. But number three, the reward of their faith. What was the reward of their faith? Twofold. Number one, they reaped a triumphant quest. And number two, they reaped a tranquil quietness. They reaped a triumphant quest. And they reaped a tranquil quietness. Verse number 28, the Bible says they had quiet, they had rest. The country was in quietness. How many years? Forty years in the days of Gideon. Can I tell you something, dear friend, tonight? If you'll stay at it, there'll be some times of tranquility and peace. Hey, mom and dad, tonight, I'll tell you, if you'll stay at it with your kids, there'll come a time when there'll be tranquility and peace. may not feel like that right now. Hey, Sunday school teacher, if you'll stay at it, and if you'll still keep teaching, there'll be some times, maybe 10, 15, 20 years down the road, you'll get to see the fruit for what you're doing, what you're doing right now. You may, not get, you, you may not see it right now. But, but maybe 15, 20, 25 years down the road, maybe you'll get to see a young man who will grow up and be a preacher one day or maybe just a, a young man who will grow up and be a good young man. He'll be a good young man in our church. You teach some young ladies in that teen Sunday school class that maybe will grow up and maybe be a pastor's wife, maybe be a missionary's wife, or once again, maybe just be a good godly lady in the church. But see, you don't see it right now That's what the devil does. The devil gives us everything right now and he shows us the consequences later. God asks us to do the hard work now and then he helps or he allows us to see the reaping of the good later if we'll stay at it and if we'll be faithful. Faint, yet pursuing them. I love what it says in verse number 28. Thus was Midian subdued before the children of Israel. Notice this. So that they lifted up their heads 
no more. What does that mean? That means they just completely destroyed and annihilated. They lifted their heads no more. In verse number verse number 16. Now this isn't the enemy here. This, these are the men of Succoth in verse number 16. These are the brethren. He took the elders of the city and thorns of the wilderness and briars, and with them he did what? He taught the men of Succoth. And by the way, he warned them that he was going to do that. He said, look, when I get Zeba and Zalmunna, when I get the enemy, I'm coming back. And I'm coming back with some briars. Y'all are going to get some discipline. That's what he said. That's exactly what happened when he came back. He was faint. But he kept pursuing. He was faint because of the energy that he exerted. He was faint because of some of these brethren that had given him excuse after excuse after excuse. But he kept after it. The Bible says that when all was said and done, that the Midianites... They lifted their heads no more. Completely defeated the enemy and taken care of some of the brethren as well. I love verse number 16. It says he, he taught the men of Succoth. You ever have a mom or dad take a, maybe not briars, but they took a branch. Maybe occasionally it did have some briars on it. And they taught you. My wife was telling me, Maybe it was last week or two weeks ago, she was in one of the grocery stores in Brownsville and there was an older uh, a grandma and a grandpa and I guess they had their grandkids and the grandma had a switch all the way through the grocery store. And she said, those kids were behaving. She said, those kids were minding. You know what she was doing? She was teaching them. That's what Gideon did. Dear friend, tonight, Maranatha Baptist Church, are you tired tonight? I hope you're not. Most of you have been on vacation, so I hope you're not tired. But we Americans, we don't know how to rest on vacation, do we? We need a vacation after the vacation, don't we? I hope you're not faint tonight, but if you are, whether it's physically, whether it's mentally, emotionally, by faith, keep pursuing. And I'll leave you with that, that one thought in our second point. Keep pursuing because there's a, there's a purpose to the pursuit. God has given us a purpose. Moms and dads, God has given you a purpose. Husbands and wives, God has given you a purpose. Teachers, God has given you a purpose. Every member here in this church, God has given you a purpose. He's given you a pursuit. You might be faint, but it's not time to quit. You might be faint, but it's time by, by faith to keep pursuing. Now, hey, if you reason everything out by flesh, you're going to quit because you're going to look at the brethren and say, well, the brethren aren't doing it. He's not doing it. Why am I doing all You're going to quit. If you reason it out by the flesh, you're not going to keep pursuing. But if you remember, like Gideon did, you know what? God told me that He was going to deliver the Midianites. He was going to use me to do it. That He was going to go with me. Okay, i got to keep going. The reasons for their faintness, the energy exerted during the battle, the excuses endured from the brethren, the resolve of their fight because of the purpose of his pursuit. What's your purpose tonight? 
because of the promise of His presence. Listen, if your purpose tonight is just to make it through every day, God help you. You ought to have purpose every day. And the purpose is to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. The purpose every day is to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. The purpose every day is to fulfill the work that God has called us to do. And the reward for their faith, they reaped a triumphant quest and they reaped a tranquil quietness. You may not feel it today, but stay at it. You'll feel it one day. By the way, it may not be till you get to heaven, but that'll be okay. That's the place of rest, isn't it? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness tonight. Thank you for the purpose that you give us. You've given all of us the great commission. You've given all of us a purpose. You've given husbands and wives the purpose. Given the husbands a purpose to love like Christ. You've given the wife the purpose of being in subjection as the church is to Christ. You've given these children here tonight, teenagers and children alike, you've given them a purpose to be obedient to mom and dad. Father, you've given this church a purpose. It's to be a lighthouse in this community. Haywood County and Lauderdale County and how many ever counties our light can stretch to. Father, you've given us a purpose. Father, there may be folks tonight who are faint, but I pray that by faith we'll keep pursuing. Help, Lord, tonight. Encourage hearts. Father, whatever need. I I don't know needs, Lord, but you do. Your Holy Spirit knows. Father, I pray that you'd meet every need in this auditorium tonight. I do pray. Father, as we spoke about Rahab this morning, Father, if there be one here tonight. Father, those individuals in Hebrews 11 weren't saved because they were Hebrews. And they weren't saved because they weren't harlots like Rahab. They were saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, if there's one here tonight who's never come to the saving knowledge of Christ, I pray that tonight would be that night. Please help and work, Lord, in Christ, and we do pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. His bowed and eyes closed. If you're physically able, if you'll stand with me. Paige is at the piano. She's going to begin to play. The invitation's already been given. Believer, are you faint? Keep pursuing. Friend, are you here without Christ? You need to come tonight. Been washed in the blood of Christ? If you haven't, you need to come tonight. Moms and dads, Sunday school teachers, Christians tonight, Are you faint? By faith, keep pursuing. By faith. Not because you feel like the pastor's cracking a whip on you or your mom and dad are cracking a whip on you. Keep pursuing by faith in the promises that God has given you in the pursuit that God has given you that is accompanied by His promise of His presence. Keep pursuing by faith.